Faith Promise Sunday is reminding us of a way of giving to missions all year long. You know, we could have a service like this today and we could take an offering and we could receive that offering. But we understand that if we focus on missions throughout the year, that it's a part of the DNA of who we are, that we're going to do way, much, way better. So at PFN, we support world missions. We believe in that, don't we? We believe in sending dollars and people uh, to places that we will never get to go. But we believe in supporting um, what is happening there. We believe God is at work there. You're going to hear about that. Uh, we give. Uh, we gave this past year over $70,000 to support 800 Nazarene missionaries in 162 countries around the world. That's a wow, isn't it? The opportunity that we have. What a privilege we have to give. You can be a part of helping make Faith Promise happen for us as you commit uh, to give to missions throughout the year. Uh, that's an opportunity that you can uh, be involved in today. Uh, we are going. We're not only giving, we are going to Belize this July on a medical work and witness trip. We have a t Amen. That is awesome. We have a team of 28 people who will be serving for us in southern Belize, providing medical and spiritual support to a very underserved uh, area. Uh, so uh, we want you to, to help us go to Belize. Uh, you'll notice on the wall outside the sanctuary there, there's all kinds of opportunities. Um, we, we have an incredible person here, Rachel, that does all that for us. And she's got it set up to where you can pull off the little tags and you pull the bottom one off and write your name on it and drop it in the basket. And you can uh, help us collect some of the special things uh, that we need uh, to help it happen in Belize. So we're, we're going to Belize July the 15th. Uh, or heading that way. And, and so we got a couple of months here that we are uh, uh, collecting some of these things. So you can see those on the wall. It'll be up there as long as those little tags are there. And, uh, and then you can see what to buy. And then you can bring it to the office. You can bring it on a Sunday. You can bring it on a, uh, any day during the week. So uh, if you want to participate, we believe in world missions, right? So we're, not, we're giving and we're going. Uh, to make a difference there. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, we also believe PFN should support local missions. Local missions by our support of the new Southside Community Center and ultimately Southside Community Church of the Nazarene in Peoria, Southside. We dedicated last uh, Sunday afternoon. Over the past few months, we have been investing in our Southside ministry significantly through Faith Promise Giving. So we support Faith Promise, and it helps us support Southside Ministry. Many of you give directly towards Southside or to our Southside uh, pastor as well there. Uh, you can help support Southside Missions, uh, Southside Ministries by uh, contributing to, to Faith Promise. Now, we also not only are doing that, but we also have a local project we're working on there. If you hadn't walked down the hallway, there's a bunch of food down there. Uh, there's bunches and bunches of boxes. This particular time that we are doing this, we are supporting pantries in Pekin. Uh, sometimes we support it over at Southside. Other times we're out further around Tazewell County. Uh, we just felt like there was a specific need in Pekin right now. And so all the food is going to be delivered Monday or Tuesday uh, to our Pekin pantries uh, around us there. So today's the last day. There's are still red bags. You can grab those and you can, you can bring those together. So we are... Uh, 
coming together to consider our support for outreach and missions through PFN. It's a part of who we are as our church family. And so I encourage you to think about your role in accomplishing that. So we have two speakers today that are going to share with us. First, Irene's coming now, and she is going to share with us a little bit about just where we are with Southside, give you a little perspective on that, and then I'll come right back up and introduce our special guest from uh, Asia. (laughs) Very exciting. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor. Wow, did we have a rocking good time last Sunday. God showed up. And I'm so excited to be a part of the faith promise. It is not wasted on me that I am here as a result of your faithfulness, faith in God's promise to transform lives and how he's going to use you. This place is where God's people are seeking his word and his Holy Spirit and his will in their lives. And therefore, this is a place of God's blessing. And it is so obvious and so evident. And my life and to God be the glory. I feel like I'm here to report to you <laughs> what your faithfulness has done in the last year and how it has affected my life. There's so much I want to tell. But since um, I answered the call in September of last year, It has been quite the Holy Spirit journey that I have been on, and I'm telling you, it is absolutely remarkable. Between the 90th uh, anniversary celebration, the parsonage and how that came about, the extreme makeover, therefore, of said parsonage, PFN holidays, I, I cannot tell you how exciting it is to be a part of this family. The church renovation and the the updates that they did, and somebody actually filled my pantry. There was big old boxes of groceries in in the kitchen with my name on it. Do you know how much that touches me? And whoever did it knows me well because there was a big old bottle of Frank's Red Hot. I couldn't believe it. Hot sauce. Thank you, God. Do praise for that. (laughs) Getting to be a part of this team and, and the leadership here and becoming groomed in the PFN way of leadership and getting to explore and go to uh, Peoria and Pekin and go to the, through the leadership, conf- uh, leadership Academy, going to Exponential Conference, getting to know and be a part of the PFN leadership team. Just, wow, God. And of course, in my own life, it's orientation and graduation and all these new normals and moving my kids down here soon. The Southside celebration was just the icing on the cake. It was amazing just to be able to see God show up. There was standing room only. There's a a little bit of information and just a report in your bulletin. I'm not going to get into all the details, but what do you do when God answers all your prayers? What do you do when all your wildest dreams are just displayed in front of you for the last nine months? I guess you dream bigger, and God has been able to take um, this opportunity, this nine months, for me to get to know and to speak to my heart about Peoria and break my heart, and he's answered prayers for my family and my girls during this time. I I can't believe they're, they're still, they have their own room. They've never had their own room. That's just, for a mother's heart, amazing. He has been carrying me through this season of being separated from them and getting to see him on the weekends. The prayers for the ministry and being able to start to implement the Evergreen Project, the strategy he put on my heart, I had no idea what he was going to do. And it's working. God is working every single day. I think about First Chronicles 4, and I think about the prayer of Jabez and this little book somebody gave me all the way back in 2001. That God is still expanding my territory. And the prayers that I've had for years for 100 men. And I come to this church, and there's man church, 
what in the world? <laughs> More than 100 men there, Lord. Answer in my prayer, Lord, I need an army. I can't do this by myself. The need is too big. We have to be trained. What are you going to do? He gives me a family of 850 people who really want to go to Peoria Southside. What kind of, <laughs> what do you do when God answers all your prayers and beyond your wildest dreams? I'm reminded of Rhoda as I was preparing for this in Acts 12, who is just, just a young girl, so she gets named in the New Testament, and they're praying. This is after Jesus has died, and they're persecuted horribly, and Peter is in prison. They already killed James. They're praying all night, Lord. They already know what Herod's going to do to Peter. And they had no idea that all the while God was answering their prayer. And Peter knocks on the door, led there by the Holy Spirit. She opens the door and slams the door in his face. And she's so out of control, shocked that God answered her prayer. She runs and tells everybody, nobody there believes it either. I feel like you guys are going to be like, mm-mm, that didn't happen. And Pastor and I all day walk around, all week walk around like, he did it again. I'm going to name that the name of my blog, I think. He did it again. <laughs> because every day there's just... Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this is your faithfulness, the fruit, the seeds that I get to reap and be a part of. And I can't believe, Pastor, and I said last Sunday, we get to do this. This is our life. Thank you for your faithfulness. And as we begin to dream bigger, and, we, and it's not a figment of my reality, of my imagination, it's not uh, my mind playing tricks on me. God is really answering our prayers. We re can't just be surprised. We can't be surprised that when we recognize God's voice, that he is faithful. I'm so grateful to the pastor and the leadership that we get to say it every day. God, do it again. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. I'm so grateful for your prayers. And that's really where it started, your prayers. And, and to join us in prayer, you have a card in your bulletin that is a prayer card. If we could all be praying specifically about Peoria Southside and have an army of prayer warriors remembering every day the needs. I've tried to boil down my prayer list <laughs> so that it's legible by other people and that you can join me. I'm so grateful because prayer changes things. Prayer changes lives. And the very cornerstone of the strategy that we are using, the very cornerstone of the, what Everything God has built his kingdom upon is us asking for him for permission and then listening and moving forward. And your prayers for the Southside Community Center, and my prayer would be that we could recruit a team of people, an army of people, every single color. Peoria isn't just black and white. It's the, I want it to be a picture of what heaven's going to look like because it'll be in a direct reflection of the community that we are serving. And I am so excited, even for to be praying for our deputation tour. It didn't make it on the card, but to, to go from church to church, pray for those churches that we will be speaking to and that God would stir their hearts for not just Peoria Southside, but communities just like Peoria that are in their neighborhoods, in their neck of the woods, that they are step out and are ready to really step out on God's faithful and his promises. If you could join those prayer team, consider asking God what you can do to be a partner with Southside. Every dollar that, of your gifts get to go straight to ministry. Every dollar can really be 
used to equip lives to, to meet needs in a holistic way and do highly effective strategies to achieve God's saturation of the gospel. That's his goal. He wants it's all of our communities saturated with the gospel and have opportunity after opportunity to say yes, and we need an army, and you can join that army. You can be part of the strategy of reconciliation and life transformation because we believe that God will make our kids, if we can make our kids strong, we can make our families strong, and God will make our community strong, and we can join an army that will transform Peoria's South Side. We get to do two really great opportunities that God has cooked up, and it wasn't me. I'd love to take credit for it, but it was all God and his timing. Ask me later about the story, but we're going to start launching Dinner Church. It is a fresh expression, what's called a fresh expression, and it's not traditional church. We are not starting out as a traditional church. The Southside Community Center is going to be a hub, a resource to the entire community, children, families, and the community where we can partner with providers that serve children and families and meet their needs holistically. And out of that relationship, we get the opportunity to share the gospel. And we are trusting God that Dinner Church is going to start a movement, actually a network of dinner churches, that folks can be invited to a beautiful dinner, done right, PFN style, we like to eat, and we are going to share the word of God with them in a very small story-like atmosphere. Kids get to sit and be a part of the conversation. We're using tell the story. And I don't know if you've been a part of that in the Nazarene church, but it is something that is amazingly effective in every missionary society in Africa, South America, every place I hear folks using this. Two churches were planted through Laura Matabalande using tell the story. It's beautiful, this opportunity to saturate the community in the gospel in fresh expressions, dinner church. If you, that sounds like something interesting to you, you can respond on your connection card and let me know, and we will talk, and you will hear more about dinner church. Another opportunity that I'm so excited with, working with the Housing Authority and Peoria Public School District, all amazing stories, uh, <laughs> getting stirred right to the top in this perfect storm, that we have the opportunity to be a feeding site, breakfast and lunch over the summer feeding program. And in between those times, we get to share the gospel. I see our teens. I can see some of our young people being able to connect with these kids over the summer to, to, to be able to feed their physical bodies, but to more importantly, feed their souls. I am so excited about our opportunities, and if you would like to be a part of that, there is an opportunity for you to connect, again, on your connection card, and let me know that you want to be a part of that team. And Wildest Dreams, I didn't, want, I didn't initially have this on the list, but God is calling us in the heart. My heart, as I drive through Peoria Southside, breaks when I see the effects of addiction and kids running around, and who knows where the grown-ups are. Celebrate recovery. I really feel like we can't wait until we have everything together. If celebrate recovery and helping people get free from their hurts, habits, and hang-ups, real addictions, and it doesn't have to be substance abuse. It can be 
addictive relationships. It can be addictive thoughts. It can be whatever it is that is keeping us from being who it is God called us to be. If you want to be a part of that deliverance ministry, Celebrate Recovery is something we are going to start talking about. We're going to step out on faith and dream bigger because next year this time, we are going to get to come back and celebrate faith promise and what God is doing and what God has done. And it won't be, look, <laughs> slamming the door in his face. Larry, he, he did it again. He did it again. God is going to do it. And I know he is because he is faithful. And if we are faithful to his call and his mission, let's come back next year this time and celebrate again his furious south side and what has God done in planting those seeds. Thank you for a few minutes of your time and thank you for your prayers. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Uh, we are uh, incredibly blessed to have her, aren't we? Um, our worldwide perspective is through our friend, uh, Dr. Scott Rainey. Uh, he uh, came to be a part of our con uh, district convention yesterday. Uh, he uh, came uh, today, and his parents are here. They've been, uh, they just moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. So uh, Kurt and Jan Rainey, thank you so much for, uh, for them being here with us today. Um, Scott is uh, serving in uh, some districts that are formerly the Soviet Union. Uh, I can't tell you all the names of those, Kekistan, Don, whatever, all those other names that are there. Um, but he, uh, he was pastoring in Houston, uh, in the early part of uh, the uh, 2000s, and uh, then went to be a, his family moved to be a voluntary missionary uh, in, uh, in that area, and now today he is a field strategy coordinator, which means he basically guides what is happening in those eight districts uh, that include Russia and all those in that area there. So it's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. You did a great job yesterday. So happy that you could stay over and be with us today. Let's welcome Dr. Scott Rainey. Thank you so much, Pastor Lloyd, and uh, what a joy it is to be here uh, at Pekin First Church of the Nazarene. I'll tell you what, uh, I was not expecting uh, such a vibrant church uh, coming here. I didn't know about Pekin First Church, but wow, Pastor Lloyd, you have put together a wonderful team of ministers, and it's so exciting to hear what God is doing uh, here in Pekin and, and all around, or here in uh, Peoria and all around this area. We're very thankful, and it's exciting to be a part of what you're doing. There was a visiting pastor who was attending a men's prayer breakfast in farm country. He asked one of the impressive old farmers in attendance to say grace that morning, and after all were seated, the old farmer began to pray, and this is what he said. He said, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye just as wondering what in the world was going on, and the farmer continued to proclaim. He said, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was overly worried, and uh, he, he wondered what, what was coming next, but without missing a beat, the farmer prayed on, and he said, and Lord, you know how I hate raw white flour. Just as the pastor was ready to stop everything, the farmer continued, but Lord, when you mix them all together and you bake them up, 
I do love fresh biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we just don't understand what you're saying to us, we just need to relax and wait till you're all done mixing, and probably it will be something even better than biscuits. In Jesus' name I pray, he said, amen. See, that farmer had learned some incredible truths about our God. He had learned that when things don't make sense, or when something unpleasant comes his way, God is still good, and he can be trusted. The farmer had learned to wait expectantly in hope for what God was doing in his life, even when the farmer didn't understand the big picture. This morning, I want to talk to you about hope for just a few minutes, Uh, but Honestly, we can use the word hope in a couple different ways. You can use the word hope as a verb, and here's how it sounds. Somebody comes up to you and you say, how are you doing? And they tell you how sick they are or what's been going on medically, and you would say, boy, I hope, as a verb, I hope you feel better soon. When you say that, you're looking at the facts of life, you're looking at the situation of life, and you're really not sure if they're going to get better or not, the situation. It's 50-50, and so when you use hope as a verb, you're basically saying, when I look at everything, all of the facts, maybe it'll get better or not, I hope things get better for you. But there's another way to use hope, the hope that I want to talk about today, is as a noun, and it sounds a little bit more like this. We have today, even though it's maybe a difficult situation, we have a hope in Christ Jesus, because we know that He is a good God, and he knows what's going on, and he's here with us. That is hope as a noun. We have this hope in Christ Jesus, that while everything isn't promised to always get better on this earth for us, we know that he's in control, that we can be trusted, and he will never leave us alone. We have this hope in Christ Jesus. I want to share with you a testimony, Uh, they will share it actually, from Sasha and Ira. Uh, Their names are Alexander Alexander and Irina, but they shorten them to Sasha and Ira uh, for their friends. And this next slide, I want to give you, uh, oh, I'll wait on that, I'll just go right into the, the video. This is Sasha and Ira, they come from the eastern side of Ukraine, and maybe you've seen in the news some of the story of... Uh, what has happened in Ukraine in the last four years. Um, There was a revolution. The president of Ukraine, uh, Yanukovych, was asked to step out of Ukraine by the people. Um, He was ultimately forced out. He took off and went to Russia. They annexed a place called Crimea, which is in the Black Sea, uh, a peninsula that had belonged to Ukraine. And then uh, Sasha and Ira uh, lived on the east side of Ukraine, And that area became a war zone in Ukraine. Uh, The border was open between Russia and Ukraine, and supplies came across to enable the independent people there. Uh, There's a great thing I wanted to show you. Um, So here's Ukraine uh, here to give you a a place next to Poland, and here's Russia over here. Um, This area right over here is the part of Ukraine where there's these battles that are going on. And Sasha and Ira lived in this area, and they were forced, because of the war, to leave. And I want you to hear their story of hope. Sir, 
We come from a town called Stahanov. That's where the war got started. That's where we were evacuated from to a town called Nirubaiskaya, which is close to Odessa. In 2014, violent conflict arose in eastern Ukraine. Alexander had just undergone heart surgery and was still in the hospital when his town was evacuated. He and his wife Irina packed two bags with just a few things because they believed the conflict would end soon. They went to Odessa, where Alexander entered a hospital to continue recovery. We were hoping that once he recovers from his surgery that we would be able to come back home. As of 2017, it is estimated that there are well over one and a half million displaced Ukrainians. Most of these people have been displaced due to the violent conflict that arose when Russian-backed separatists and the Ukrainian military engaged in an ongoing dispute over the peninsula of Crimea. Alexander and Irina fled their home at the beginning of the conflict. They have not gone back since. Many of these displaced people are lost within their own country. While some have been able to take refuge with family members, others haven't been so fortunate. They live in cramped apartments and don't have access to social and medical care. Alexander's sudden physical displacement ripped away the veil that had concealed his spiritual displacement. A high-ranking official in the army, the former Soviet leader suffered from alcoholism and a crippling regret for the life that he had led. I would like to tell a little bit about what happened before the war. During the time of the Soviet Union, I was military of a very high rank. I was a member of the Communist Party and one of the leaders there. And as most of the leaders, I also had alcohol in my life. After we got here, when I was not able to get up from my bed, I didn't know Nabil at that time yet, but I already was thinking about my life and thinking that it had been wrong, that I had made a lot of mistakes. It's hard to express that all with words. I was a great sinner. I believed that no one would be able to help me. At that time I couldn't get up from my bed and it was only my wife who was looking after me. When we ended up in Odessa, no one really had any compassion for us and no one was going to provide any real help. Irina had begun attending a church group and soon convinced her husband to join her. He was reluctant at first, feeling lost and disappointed. It was there that they met Pastor Nabil. After meeting Pastor Nabil, I still didn't know a lot, but I had already felt the, that warmth and positive attitude towards us. When I was talking to Pastor Nabil, he told me, Alexander, believe me, you are our brother. Before long, Alexander and Irina grew to know Christ. Irina was already reaching out to the members of her displaced community, assisting them with legal processes and reaching out to those who suffered from mental disabilities. Pastor Nabil asked me questions about the needs of people, the needs of others, and I told him about other people, whether they had a sick child or they were in a wheelchair or maybe someone needed help with clothes. At the Displaced People's Camp in Odessa, there are many needs to be met. 
Outreach began in the camps in 2014, and the ministry has increased to weekly Bible studies, children's programs, and ongoing relief for families at the camps. Currently, about 450 people live in the Odessa camp. 250 of those have severe disabilities and need continual support. Volunteers from the local church spend many hours running relief and support programs that are funded through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. Today, Alexander and Irina continue to assist their community of displaced people. With the church's help, they are renovating a house that will be used to shelter other displaced families. They're also helping others to find a new place with Christ. Our lives changed drastically, and we are really glad that this change has affected our kids as well. So they came to Christ too, and thanks to the church, thanks to Pastor Nabil, their hearts are open and our hearts are open, and we are glad that we can make a contribution. We can do our part to help other people come to Christ as well. So with all that war that took place and everything that uh, happened after that, we, we had a lot of pain, we were lost, and we felt that our life uh, had failed. But today, Jesus is with me, my kids are with me, and those, I believe, are my greatest riches. And with all those changes, I believe that my life as it is right now is much better than my life in the past. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry to displaced people in Ukraine, please visit ncm.org and search for the CIS Ministry to Displaced Persons in Ukraine project. I want to thank you for your faithful support of Faith Promise. It's that support that enables uh, ministry in places like Ukraine to reach out to these kind of situations and these kind of people. It's not money given and gone and, and it doesn't do anything. These are real situations where your giving from Peoria comes and enables us to be hands, your hands, your feet, the hands of Jesus and the feet of Jesus in that area, representing you together um, as we share Christ with them. I love the way that Sasha ended what he said. He said, with all of the changes, since Jesus is now in with me, I feel that my life right now as a refugee is much better than it was in the past. And that is hope. What would cause someone who seemed to have everything in the past, all the possessions that he needed, houses, cars, all the recognition of a high-ranking officer, he lost it all, and he moves, he becomes a refugee, and he says, I feel like my life today is so much better than it was in the past. That's hope. That's hope as a noun when his focus has become Christ Jesus. In October 2017, I met with our district superintendents on our five districts, and they gathered together, and in that meeting, uh, one of the district superintendents was commenting about recent developments in our field. Uh, our field for about seven years did not plant any churches. Uh, it's common today in this former Soviet Union for churches to be plateaued and for church planting to not be existent. But between, between August of 2016 and March of 2017, that's seven months, the Church of Nazarene planted five new churches in five new areas in that seven months. And we say praise the Lord. <clears throat> 
Pastor Sergei Archikov said these words. He's a district superintendent of the Russian North District. And what he said was, he said, for many years I had begun to lose hope. See, he was looking at the situations on the ground and saying, I can't see how it would get better. But he said, today, my hope is renewed as I focus on what Jesus is doing among us. You're familiar with the story of Abraham, who God had promised that he would have a child with Sarah. And at the time of God's promise, he was 75 years old and Sarah was 66. They were already too old to have kids. And God said, through you, I will uh, make a great nation. And Abram believed God and he was called uh, the father of faith because of his belief that God would keep his promise. We read just a few pages over that God provided in his son, Isaac, but what we don't realize if we read it too quickly is that 25 years passed in those few pages. He waited 25 years for the promise to be revealed. One interesting thing is that it's clear that while he waited, his, his faith did not decrease. It actually increased the longer he waited. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. It says, against all hope, that means looking at all the stuff on the earth, all the situations, my situation that is impossible, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Even though all things in front of him looked impossible, even though he knew he faced the fact that his body was dead and his wife's womb was dead, even though he looked at all the facts, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. You know, Christians have this radical hope. We believe that God is able. We also can carry this hope even to the point of death. You're familiar with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, Paul said, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you uh, do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Even in death, Christians have this radical hope. Back in September uh, 2017, about uh, seven or eight months ago, uh, we gathered with a team of our mission team in Moscow, Russia, and we had this crazy dream. It came from a, a passage in the Old Testament from Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, where God says to Joshua, as he's entering into the promised land, God says, go and wherever you put your feet, I will give you that land. And we took our mission team and said, Lord, if you gave that promise to multiple people over many years, maybe you would continue it in us. And so rather than having a meeting in Moscow, we met in Moscow and we got onto the Trans-Siberian Express. Before you is a picture of Russia. Uh, it is nine different time zones, Russia. Uh, it's the largest country in the world geographically. And we got on the red line from Moscow to Vladivostok, where we have a church in Moscow and we have a church in Vladivostok 6,000 miles apart. Uh, 
We traveled for seven days on a train, had our meetings on the train, and God blessed our time. And every time we stopped at one of these black dots, we would get off the train as a team, ten of us, and we would put our feet on the ground, and we would pray, and we would say, Lord, if you'll keep that promise, we have our feet on the ground here, would you open your church in this city? And we, against all hope, we believe that God is preparing the way for us to have churches all across that line from Moscow to Vladivostok. And we're beginning to see little points of hope where God is opening doors for us along that way. On that train ride, we came up with a field goal for us and a a plan for accomplishing that goal. And here's what it is. We wanted to increase the number of house churches from 10 to 50 by the end of 2018. That would be increasing our churches on our field by 40 churches. We uh, currently have had 51 at the time. That would be almost doubling the number of churches in 17 months by opening these small groups that want to be churches with leaders and people uh, ministering to others and caring for others. To date, since September 1st, we have started 14 new house churches in the CIS, and we have 12 more that we're working with leaders and making plans. In 2017, not only did we enter into uh, five new cities at the beginning of this movement, we also entered two new countries. So we went from being in six countries in the CIS in, in eight countries. The countries are Georgia and Belarus. We entered them in about a two-week period, both of them. We entered into those countries. And we plan in October of this year, in just a few months, to enter into the country of Latvia, which will be our ninth uh, country. We are planning and praying about Siberia in 2019. Would you pray with us? This huge piece of land with cities of a million people out in the middle of Siberia. And we want to open the Church of the Nazarene and end up with one day having a Siberian district in the Church of the Nazarene. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. You've heard it before. It's a passage of hope. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, look where their attention is. Their attention is not on the facts. Their attention is on God. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Promises for those who hope in Jesus. There was a father. You've seen the picture before. Uh, The father uh, has a little boy, maybe two years old. And he comes uh, and puts him on some steps uh, that are uh, three or four steps high. And he, he steps away from the little boy and he says, Johnny, jump to me. You've seen this before, right? And the little two-year-old is, is afraid. It's a long way to his dad, and he doesn't want to jump. And he says, Dad, come closer, come closer, come closer. And the dad scoots forward, scoots forward, and ultimately gets close enough where the boy jumps into his dad's arms. Well, you've seen that before, but as you watch that family and that dad and son, in a few years, things begin to change, don't they? Now the boy's about five years old, and he's up on the same steps, and the dad isn't even watching, and the boy says, Dad, and he turns and he has to catch his son. This is a little bit like 
the hope and the faith that we need to grow in with the Lord. As this church, Peoria, uh, this Pekin First Church of the Nazarene, reaching this community, uh, you guys are stepping out in faith. You're learning that God can be trusted to think big, to dream big, to see that God has a plan for you and that it's bigger than what you could even imagine or think. And as you jump, and as you learn that he can be trusted and that he's faithful, even in the difficult times, even when lard comes, because there are times when it's tough. There are times when you are delivered with things that you don't want. But if you can say, God, I know you're good and I trust you, you will see him mix it together and it will be a blessing for you and for this church as you serve him. Uh, may God bless you as you continue to follow him. Uh, Irene and uh, Scott, if you would join me here. Uh, we're going to respond in a couple of ways uh, this morning. Uh, I, I feel like we're kind of um, the one in the middle, right, aren't we? Uh, you got her over here, and you got him here, and, and here we are. And uh, so I'm going to stand here in the middle, and uh, we're going to have a prayer uh, together in a moment. And then we're going to, uh, to talk just briefly about our, our commitments uh, for uh, the year ahead and what we're going to do there. So I'd love for you to stand. I'm going to join hands with these guys. And I'd like you to take your hand and, and reach out like this. Uh, we're praying for the world around us, and he represents that. Uh, he represents that as good as anybody in the Church of the Nazarene that has volunteered, and then God has called him. And then, I mean, being in Ukraine, I mean, even just watching that video, that was very moving, wasn't it? Um, but that's what we're doing. We are a part of what is happening here. We care about the world. We're, we've joined with Nazarenes all over the world. And uh, we're not just little independent churches uh, like many places that you see. We're all together. There's, uh, you know, just thousands and thousands of churches across the United States, across the world. And that's what he's doing there. We're praying. Uh, aren't you going to pray for that train ride? Uh, that, that God would bless those places and start those churches and, and minister to him. And we are, uh, so we're able to be prayers and to be givers uh, as, we're, as the, the dollars that we give uh, make a difference in helping Scott and blessing him and also blessing the, the ministry there and really all across the world. Uh, so we join with the world and then we join hands with, with somebody like Irene that would come and be with us and help us to stretch us. Uh, to stretch us to go somewhere that really needs us. But they didn't ask us to come. You know, God asked us to come and opened our eyes. And we haven't even, been, I mean, it's amazing what's happening, but it, it, it's just now, it is not even started yet. Um, it's just amazing what God is going to do for us. So let's, uh, let's be in the middle, all right? So uh, you reach out your hand and let's pray for both of these and for us. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for reminding us uh, who we are, and who you have called us to be. Uh, Lord, we, we want so much not to be wrapped up in ourselves, not to just be focused on our needs. We believe that if you will help us care for the needs of others, that you will meet our needs. That, Lord, you will help us to care about the things that are on the heart of Dr. Scott Rainey and those that he represents 
and the many, many, many people around the world that through the Church of the Nazarene are building your kingdom there, making a difference there. Lord, we pray for him today. We all care about the things that he shared. Our hearts are moved uh, by this couple that he introduced us to, and we know that he could have he presented a hundred others, Lord, just like that. Lord, I pray that every place that they put their feet, that you would anoint that, oh God, and raise up house churches and people and bring about transformation that only God can do. Lord, we recognize, we, we, we won't know, we won't know till heaven what you've done, but we pray that you would use our prayers and our giving to support this kind of work all across the world. And we pray very specifically for Ukraine and Russia and Latvia and Siberia and that all these places, Lord, and many more will come to know Christ and that the church will be alive and well, not only in Pekin, but in these little places and house churches and churches all across this area area of the world, Lord. Thank you. Praise you. We pray you would hear our prayers for them today. Lord, we thank you that we can be in the middle thinking about Southside and, and, and this, this community, this region, this county, and going across the river and the needs that are listed there. Lord, we thank you for what, you're, what you are doing now and what you're going to do. Lord, we thank you that you get to put us in the middle we get to stand right here and have our hand reaching this way and have our hand reaching this way and that, Lord, you would be alive and strong and that you would use our giving, that you would use our faith promise, that you would use our prayers, that you would use our interest in beliefs, that you would use our, our food that we deliver this week, Lord, to make a difference. We want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world and in our own community. We love you, Lord. We need you and we thank you for the challenge that you put upon this church to help us to be everything that you want us to be. Bless every family, every individual. May we honor and glorify you. And Lord, I pray that this, this picture that we see today will be on our minds in the months and the year to come as we think about what you are accomplishing around the world and right down the road. In Jesus' name, everybody said together. Amen. 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 Help me appreciate both these people so well. Thank you. Thank you.